The Irish Rally Podcast is brought to you in association with Tech and Tools, SVS Productions, PFT Travel, Rally Connection and Murray Motorsport. Who's the best driver in the rally? Lost we're talking, have we? James Cole. That's the one. That's the right answer. It might take a little while, but I got there. So here we are, James Cullen. Welcome to The Whole Person by the Irish Rally Podcast. I am delighted to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's a pleasure so far anyway now, but we'll see what happens later on. So. <laughs> we'll see once we get started. Um, I was just thinking about this this morning, you know, and I genuinely feel, I really feel like this episode could be the one that, you know, best kind of explains the whole inspiration behind this series for me anyway, because... You know, I've known you my whole life and I have an image in my mind of who I think you are. Mm-hmm. But there's so much about you and about your life and your story that I don't know at the same time. And so, like, that's why I'm so excited about these conversations, because I think it's just a beautiful thing to be able to, you know, as I've said before, like, hear your story in your own words. But, you know it is these conversations are allowing us the fans to hear about your story um as i said in your own words and sort of from your point of view um regardless of what pedestal i or all of the rest of us have put you on and all this kind of stuff so it's it truly is just you know a, a beautiful thing to be having these conversations and a real privilege so as i said a second ago thank you for being here and um you know, roll on the conversation, James. No problem, as you say, it's just when you're thinking there. Um, this could be as much about you as me. <laughs> no. um, you're going to lay the man, will we, Tony? And those mad memories, probably. One of the rally suits from here. And the That's photographs, right. and I remember the buckler rally suits. And I know. Four, then look at I know. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, for. No, my life has come on since. Exactly. And, and like that, you're saying exactly it. Like, where from such a young age you know you and your driving like what i've been in the rally car with you from i don't know what age like and to be able to like i remember being so small in the rally car that like i couldn't see up over so i would have been watching your hands and your feet and thinking like wow but how am i going to be able to do that i have to be able to do that and so that's what i'm saying like for me you know because of my childhood and watching that like that's who you are to me you're this you're this sort of superhero that's able to do this with his hands and his feet and look what he can do. Look, because he's doing this with his hands and his feet, look what the car can do. Mm. And that's amazing and it's incredible because it is, as I said, it's such an inspiration for so many people um, that are into rallying or have spent their lives rallying. But at the same time, there's still so much behind that. You know, there's so much to your story and so much that we don't know. And it's just, um, as I said, it's a real privilege to be able to, to hear, you know, where did James Cullen come from? Like, how did he get to be this person? You know, and and I suppose on that line, you know, it definitely wasn't around for this part, but can you tell us a wee bit about like your childhood or your upbringing or what, what did James do for fun when he was a kid? Well, James was probably a letter Kenny, tiny, born and bred, as I say, uh, 68 years ago, wherever it is like. So uh, I think because of the Donegal rally being here, uh, it affected everybody, like, and um, 
like I was born in um, Davies Terrace in Larrakenny down the bottom of the town um, and my old father was a painter so obviously that's where, that's where we ended up, that would have been your early childhood thing but I was Leo and the jobs when you were big enough to sandpaper and stuff like that and yeah. uh, that's where some of the summers were and um, that was a big part of it then and then that area of the town was a great community at the time so there was lots of sports and I was up to sport obviously uh, from a very early age. Yeah. And um, with like with soccer and Gaelic and then I drifted into athletics when they uh, when they came. Mm -hmm. They arrived in town like before there was Larry Kenny Athletic Club, there was only Cranford. Um, yes. Pat McGonigal came to when I was at St. Munins mm -hmm. and started athletics and then we got into that and found out it was good at it. So we kind of transcended a wee bit more of that, like played a good bit of Gaelic and soccer and all that, and a county minor medal from the Gaelic and all that sort of thing. The units yeah, yeah. moved into the um, athletic things in, and that was great because you got away at weekends and with Cranford and different things like that. And so you taking a cup at fifteen, like getting away at the weekend. So uh, became very good at that actually. Yes. And then uh, had the motorbike accident. No more were running, no more football, no more running. But the rallying was always the back of my mind, you know, because yeah. um, my uncle Raymond down in Bort used to go to the stock car racing. Yes. I was a young lad when I went down there for the summers, I used to go to the stock car racing. Okay. So the thing was in the background somewhere all the time. Yeah. And when I was big enough then, sir, when I got down there for the summers, uh, I was out in a tractor all day and I was, I was never happier. Oh on the farm and out the tractor and done everything you know but you had to come back to school <laughs> to come back to work and stuff like that but uh through all that and then comes down to the Donegal rally i think being in letter county i remember going on a bicycle out to Trenton to watch the rally and go down to what people would know now maybe letter county is mr chippy down where the buses come on there used yeah. to be man's garage that's where scrutiny was mm -hmm. went down there before i had a car and it must have been the very first years that I was trying to think about this today. Must have been there 72, 73. Yeah. because uh, of the accident in 73. Mm -hmm. uh, and seeing the cars coming in like they like they were like uh outer space type stuff like cars okay. at the time. And that's the first time you will start to see your heroes. So who became your heroes after that? Like, you know, yeah. the the Vatnans and the Corleys and the Colemans and these exotic cars arrived in Letterkenny. And I remember Jack Tardiff's car coming one year in particular. Uh, our scarlet red Ferrari three litre Porsche and never seen anything like it. Like Even today, like it would be a dream car, you know, that sort of way. Yeah, yeah. That was always the back of my mind. And then um, I obviously transcended then when I couldn't play football or, or run anymore. So yeah. uh, I started navigating. Brilliant. And uh, go with Paul Shields. Yes. Was a friend of mine. So it was, we're all into the, the bikes and the motorsport and all that sort of thing. So, uh, my first navigation now with Paul. Mm -hmm. um, remembered well in the 1600 E Cortina. Which some machine we had it now. Paul would say the same if <laughs> we had a cabin. <laughs> you can get at it now. I, and uh, oh, yeah, we end up last, but we got this kind of the spirit of the rally award. We bust the sump about the second time, fight or someone we got kept filled with oil and stuff like that. Long story short, we finished anyway. I always remembered well the prize for for the 
spirit of the rally <laughs> was three gallon of oil. <laughs> so it was very appropriate. I did my first stage rally with Paul in as well, and a 1300E Mark I Escort, same colour, purple, down in Mayo, Balna stages. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of hooked in like that was, that was my, that was my way of uh, getting out. Mm -hmm. and over from the football and the athletics, and like I was very, very committed to the athletics. Yeah. At the time, like, and I would have been two days a week going to the Don Park for a coaching session for 20 minutes uh, about sprinting and about starts and all that. Mm. On from St. Unions. Yeah. And I would be down the bottom of the back road, so we were able to go down at lunchtime and well, we would have the dinner ready, so that would be out to the Don Park and back in time for the first class in the afternoon with us. <laughs> Sort of things, you know, that kind of a maybe sport and competitive thing was there in the background that didn't really that is pay any attention to it. You just enjoy doing it like this whole competitive didn't really matter. Now, you yeah. didn't like being beaten, always yeah. remember, like you know, so you know, but the dedication was there too at the same time, the like, like and, and I think it was lucky enough at that time then too that to have that, yeah. Uh, a couple of things happened, like everybody smoked, yes, we're doing in the. The, the toilets at the back of St. Unions, the boys and I go with a cigarette and I use a coffee goat. So it's not, not really that. Lucky enough to stay like that with a few pints now and again. You know, at that age when you're yeah. in the cottage, that's like, didn't really like the taste of it. And um, the athletics thing was great for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, like, it was, I was flat out because we were playing football, we were playing yeah. soccer, playing game, and you were running. So I didn't time to think about anything else. Like, But obviously, that, that, that Competitive thing was being developed, maybe in that yeah. sporting thing, and then through injuries, I found a new sport, and I started yes. off as a co-driver. Uh -huh. I was lucky enough then to meet uh, to go with a couple of different guys, and then fell in your with Andy Higgerty. Yes, uh -huh. and started rallying. Uh, would been the local Opal dealer then, and then Ford, and would have been responsible for bringing Harry Vatman here in the early days. Right, yeah. We're all part of that at that time. Uh -huh. uh, the year after Bat was here, I was actually co-driving for Andy and Bat then came back in the escort. He was here the first year in the Skona and like Dave Richards, you know. Yes, big names. The, the biggest names that yeah. in World Motorsport in many ways, never mind rallying. So yeah. you, you kind of were lucky enough to get uh, an insight onto the, that side of things. And mm -hmm. these guys didn't know who I was like, but I was one of this young cub who was co-driving yeah. for the boy who was sponsoring them. So. Yeah. But, was, but you were uh, able to see for a young age. And you got hooked into the navigating side and then the, obviously got hooked into the sport then. Yeah. And James, tell me, was it, it must have been such a hard thing, you know, to go through the motorbike accident by itself, but also then for, you know, to have, for it to have injured you in such a way where you couldn't do the thing that you loved so much and that you were so dedicated to at that point in your life? Uh, as a fair shot, I think when you're 17, you don't Aye. understand a lot about life and uh, all this is taken away from you. Yeah. Uh, at that stage, we were talking about a scholarship to America and, you know, that would left you yeah, in a wow. different path to stay at home. And, uh -huh. uh, and in many ways, I think probably the rallying saved me from that, you know, because yes. that's a new focus and I, I could actually go and do it. Uh -huh. uh, it didn't cost anything to go tow driving. No, well, competent and be good and there wasn't that you know rallying was and Donegal was still um, not in its infancy but uh, 
that was just coming into the good times. Mm. There wasn't yeah. that many cars around. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't that many co-drivers around. Exactly. Yeah. And it was all about navi road rallies, navigation rallies, then, and all, all that sort of things. So that got me the, 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 the basis. Uh -huh. And then I fell in with Rory Candy then, because he he's a couple of years younger than me. You see, we're all playing yeah. play football together, and uh, decided then I have to have a go with the driving. But. Brilliant. And so you, in your own words there, you said, you know, rallying probably saved you. Um, would it be fair to say that, like, you know, and, and truly in one of the darkest moments of your life, probably to that point anyway, um, as a 17-year-old, that, it, you know, to find that light at the end of the tunnel was a huge thing for you. Um, and the, the, probably the, maybe the sense of peace or freedom that you got in a rally car as well would have been possibly echoing what the 14, 15 year old felt when you got away at weekends to do this thing that you loved? Absolutely. And I think that thing that, that I got from rallying that you get when you're good at something. Yeah. And from the, the you know, winning a county final was a major, major thing at that age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I started running, uh, I was winning trophies yeah. right away. So I started to think like, okay, you're not just there. This is this is good, like you know. This yeah. is uh, this is a great feeling. Exactly. Um, I suppose that was the at that age, up unknown to yourself, that was the grounding, and it's still maybe the competitive bit in you. Yeah. Uh, and the belief in yourself too. And there's a bit of that, that you know, obviously, a bit of that because at that stage, like uh, you think you know a lot and you know very little, like you yeah. know, uh, and in some ways that was good. Maybe yeah. didn't realize totally the impact of what that accident had on the life that I had. Yes. You know, because my life was totally about physical activity, sport, mm -hmm. and then it was just gone. And it took me two years to kind of walk right again, all that sort of stuff, like, you know. But, yeah. but in the meantime, we could get into a rally car. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and uh, that, that's, um, I probably haven't thought about it that much. Yeah. Because now, like, when you think back from, your senior years to those years and, and the impact it probably had then yeah i mean it's it's huge like and it's the i think with rally and i think anybody would be able to point out that obviously there's a huge thrill you know to sitting in a rally car and um, so there's a huge adrenaline rush that is it's very like it's very hard to find anything in life similar to it but if you think about you know as i said they're like the young fellow was getting away at weekends and then you you know, you pointed out like that winning feeling and, you know, taking taking basically years to learn to walk again properly and stuff. And so you have all that that heaviness and that worry and kind of that feeling of what's been taken away from you at that time in your life. But then you also have this mad sense of freedom or thrill when you're sitting in a rally car that, as you say, it, it just it makes total sense that it would have saved your life at that point. Like. It made a huge difference, like and as I say, uh, it's only in recent years when you think back on it, the difference psychologically it probably made, and uh, it was great. We didn't need any counselors or psychologists. Or yeah, he just got into a rally car. Just rally, but where are we going next? Like, and it just <laughs> and when it became your love, then it became your passion. Yeah. Uh, so it, you know, it transcended all the injuries. Absolutely. And I was able to get in, and I was able to do, and uh, you're able to go. Uh, different rallies and I was lucky enough that time like at a very young age you know young uh, 
1819, then they go and do the circuit of Ireland. And, and they were huge, like Andy and, and, and Donegal and those, those events. Like, so that was, that was the grounding. And then you obviously learned a lot from that. And then the, obviously inside you say, okay, like, I need to be another side here. I want to be another side. Yes. Did you always know that you had you could drive, James? Like, did you know that you had an ability, or you were just mad to get behind the wheel? Just mad to get behind the wheel, you know. Um, because as I say, from the days in Burton, and I got my own car then, like so. Uh, there was no stopping you. I were were in so over that, like also. There'd be a few stories there, I would say. I was there now early on. I remember we Brown Square cadet. I got a van there, but a bit of your dad actually. I'd say he was somewhere. The Granada of him, but I, that was another story. But so anyway, we were going to navigation rally in Monaghan, myself and Paul Jeeves, and I was navigating. So uh, I was coming back from Balbuffet and coming over the back road, and there was a couple of big crests there, a couple of big jumps. Uh, I, I made it back to town, but the car didn't, so I had to go to town. And I went. The, the guys have photographs of it up. Plotting the map and them uh, bandages on my hair and the plaster, my nose and my arm and the sling. My God! Went on did the rally, like you know, but no, they were good. Those were, you know, they were there the days, like they were there the bits, and they're probably all the things that made you as the person. Absolutely. And and then the next thing was to get behind the wheels. That was that was a big step, like because that required money. Yeah, Um, it was always in the scarce, and I remember going out and knocking and. Jim Callan's door and saying, right, how do we go about this now? What's the next step? Yeah. And uh, it's lucky enough then met Danny Caddy and Danny Caddy and, and Paul Shields were responsible for building the first Avenger. Brilliant. And until I got out the road, I still didn't know whether it was any good or not. You know, uh, yeah. I've, I've been beside lots of guys now, no good bit about this, but like until you go yourself, mm-hmm. you don't, I'm sure first rally was a navigation rally, so you couldn't really tell by that. So then we ended up in famous uh, rally in Mayo, Balnaz Stages Rally, as well as outside the hotel door, the downhill hotel, and you started the stage. Myself and Rory, so away we went, two boys into the blue horizon, not knowing where we were going, not knowing that much about the sport now altogether. Like, you know, so we held for the other for that rally, and then we ended up second to my hero at the time, two cars built in the same place, Eamon Hardy. Eamon won it, and I was second. So it was like here, you know, then that was probably the worst thing ever happened. Because that was it. There was no going back from the air gym. That then, like, you know, but don't worry, there were plenty of down bits after that. <laughs> but I mean, it just goes to show you, though, at the same time, James, like the testament to your character to be able to, again, I keep going back to this, like, but it's it, it must have been huge, like, to, you know, from being, as we were talking about, so disciplined and dedicated um, and motivated, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when it came to your sports, whether it was the GAA or the athletics or whatever, um, you know, that type of mentality to first of all be able to be committed at that young age when everybody else, as you're saying, is going around smoking and having a crack, and then to come through the accident in the way that you did and to be able to, you know, jump into rally cars. And again, as you say, like, money wouldn't have been the easiest thing found then and you didn't grow up in a rallying background so you didn't necessarily have a very straight clear path as to how you do this but you had it in your head that this is what you wanted to do 
and this is what happened you know you made it happen like and if you look at that even from between say 14 right up to your early 20s like that vision and that sort of determination is is huge like and then to go out in your first rally and be second behind your hero mm, but hopefully I, I was uh 26 then like but, all uh, but not that like you were uh -huh. but more mature but it was still um it's where you wanted to be yes uh the passion was burning inside you so it had to be done at that age you don't there's uh you see life differently you don't see as many problems uh and you just keep plowing on and do things that you like uh don't make any sense they're they're wrong they're not wrong they're but they're not the right thing to do uh they're a wee bit head the ball stuff like you know the, what you'd be at to be taken on but you but you didn't see the problem you know you didn't see the problem then uh -huh. and uh, i suppose there are a few people about who, who of similar thinking which definitely helped like eamon eamon was one of the kind of the heroes of the time vincent boner and all that but eamon because we all from the same town and car was built in the same place yeah uh eamon worked for a living like he drove a lorry for the council and the fire brigade and all that so mm -hmm. uh those things made it a lot of think because there was always a way yes and other people helped that yeah uh you know you were just the kind of the focus of it you were the guy was and you were, you were pushing it of course you had to do what you had to do to get the money and do all this but you had lots of friends lots of people who came on board to make that and probably the timing of that was good because there wasn't that many boys in donegal rallying then mm -hmm. you could have had a dozen yeah now we have 200 whatever like so 200 cars like there's more you know i'm sure yeah. 100 cars now but then uh, wouldn't be ten, would it? I don't think anyway. So, no. uh, so it was a different era, like, and uh, yeah. but it was where you wanted to go, uh, yeah. and that was the, you know, that was the driving force. Uh, almost the point of not being all consuming, but very close to it. You know, it was yeah. dedicated to get uh, without the money, and you know, to make the whole thing happen. But the time onto it, and yeah. the bits running in here and out there, like back in the time when you had to smuggle everything out of alliances of Castle Derrick and you had the army and you had the customs and you had the RUC and you, had, you I know mean, that's big dedication to our sports we we're over and back we we're over and back like a pad to Castle Derrick alliance and Castle Derrick for bits as we were building the first car and then afterwards you know but that was you know it's probably a great time to grow up on uh, yeah be, you know and, uh, and to come up through no the sport internet, no phone or no nothing again they can come up through the sport yeah that point of view like you know so yeah but then and the then, money again. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it's one of those things, isn't it? Like it is just the story of rallying, and it doesn't matter if it is thirty years ago, fifty years ago, or fifteen months ago, like mm -hmm. it's the same thing for everybody. Like it's just this it's this pure like love, like this pure passion for the sport and you know, this feeling of I will do whatever I have to do in order to get to that start line. I, that's still there yet like you, you're not yeah. able to do the things now but the the passion's still there the love of the sport's still there mm -hmm. even thinking back to that time like the reason uh the international rally i was on the committee of the club then and you know when you're really into the whole sport every part of it it was a bike club then uh -huh. was event every month maybe uh -huh. more like we had yeah. three or four and three navigation rallies we had money stages we had the harvest the on the end of the year the international the sprinting or melting and hill climb like 
just to rally in Donegal was full time, near almost. Like. Yeah. But then, you know, I remember the passion I had for rallying right the way through. Yes. And the thing happened in the Mindarigal that where there was a proposal to make the Donegal international a one day national rally because we had nobody to run it and no money and all sorts of things. And I was probably not passionate enough, but naive enough then to put my hand up for it. Yeah. Ended up being COC for Donegal to go to Bundorn in March of that year. Yeah. Which, when you think in recent events, is today. This is 40 and, years. Uh, yeah. A tough time to be held on the. And we roll, you know, and everybody roll. And that was a different education and in, in, in the sport. And did that give you more love for the sport, James? Because you had an appreciation of how to run it and get it going. I think it was great education in life as much as just the sport, you know, it was great to be part of it. Uh, you learned an awful lot about life. You learned an awful lot about people, uh, how they treat you, about respect, uh, all the good sides of human nature and all the other side of human nature was all there. Yeah. You know, it was a very much an up and down thing, but the good side of it was we went there. Yeah. Uh, a great sponsorship package. Uh, the rally came out of Letterkenny uh, when I came back the previous year. Uh, I think it, it was a good thing to happen. People wanted it back, they realised what they'd missed. Uh, we're lucky enough then through Derry McMahon made the phone call and funny enough it was myself and Reba. Headed up to speak to Irish Shell. Uh -huh. And they came on board, sure, and they stayed for 25 years. Like, and then we just moved on through Shell UK into what probably the golden era of Donegal Rally. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. It's nice to be part of that now, but like you got a lot a lot of life lessons then, a lot of things learned an awful lot about people and what people would say to your face and then what they do behind your back. And, mm -hmm. You know, it was there's lots of it like and, and uh respect for the people who take on these jobs. Yes. But you can't please everybody. Uh -huh. uh, there's people who think you're a bad person and saying to your face and their back you know, you come back and you you be stabbed in the back somewhere yeah. down the way, like you know. So, uh -huh. uh, you know that they deserve our obviously our thanks and our respect as well. Like so, yeah. Nice to have been on both sides to have seen it. Yeah. From uh, only thing in your head was doing the rally. Yeah. And to be like, okay, I have to put this whole thing together, and if it falls apart, I'm the person on the on the shit here because I put my hand up. <laughs> it's yeah, like, you're the one responsible. Yeah. I, responsibility to the hundreds of people and, and the close number of people that are around you who make it all happen. Uh -huh. uh, um, no, I, you know, I look back on it with, uh, uh, like in two minds and two ways, like it was um, probably from a driving point of view, it was the wrong time to go. Yes. The car I got after that would have been competitive, more competitive two years earlier. Yeah. Well, then, you know, it gave you maybe later years uh, I'm inside into rally and that not every competitor has. Yes. And that can help a huge amount. It helps you as a person, I think it helps you yeah. understand, you know, that, you know, maybe think before you open your mouth when you go to say something about somebody or yeah. uh, what a COC or Marshall's yeah. trying to do, like they're under pressure. They're yeah. doing all for, you know, and no, it's, it's, it's as simple as that, like we all have yeah. our own views and things and, and in the heat of the moment uh you're a different person uh -huh. they're in their bit for the best 
and you're there to try to win the rally or win your class or do whatever you're staying in the rally or whatever you know their heads bucked a wee bit sometimes like that that's it yeah but at the end of the day like without them people you know whether it's somebody handing over your timing card or a marshal waving a flag on the stage like without those people you wouldn't be there anyway so you can always have to keep that at the forefront like yeah obviously bear in mind like and, and the amount of stuff that goes on that uh, it's like you, you talk about what it makes you to go rally and what you have to do to get into a rally car and uh, what these people do behind the scenes to make the rally happen for you so mm -hmm. there's there's passion and, and interest and, and ability on on both sides so, yeah so we're kind of probably lucky in that way uh, yes. but many times you think back like okay if i had made the state up if i got the bda two years earlier mm -hmm. we could have given john I know. Yeah. And in terms of things like that, James, like how do you how do you settle yourself into sort of being okay with things like that now, you know, versus you know the way some people sometimes have big regrets and they quite kinda you know, they never get over some of the decisions they've made or whatever. Are you are you a believer in you know what's meant for you doesn't pass you type stuff or did you find it hard to kind of get over that then whenever you kind of realized a couple of years later jeepers if i hadn't done that for two years i could have been here or are you very content with knowing that everything happens the way that it's supposed to no it's just the start of uh probably lots of things like that like and and uh the sport's great the highs are great but the lows are and there are lots of them and going back to uh myself and after the, I think the first Donegal I won, Bertie was saying to me, he says, like, enjoy the good days because there's plenty of bad days. And that was like, I was your hero, the guy who had everything. Yeah. Uh, best driver, best car, best everything. Like, and, and uh, a great guy. I got to know him through various other things as well as the rallying. And even very bad days. <laughs> so, right. you know, and that's rallying. And, and uh, we had lots of ups and downs and lots of maybes and lots of nearly done this and yeah. lots of things that you put a lot of effort onto to make uh you're very close to being a professional rally driver a couple of times yes. out. Uh, so that's that's life yeah you know you get up and, and um there's probably a resilience built yes. on and so you know you take on board you know when a lot of things happen to you in life you you say okay it's not the end of the world yeah uh you might take you a couple of days or a couple of weeks to get over it. Like you start, you start rebuilding again, and you focus yeah. on something else, and you rebuild your life, and you rebuild the next car if it's correct or missed opportunity, or whatever. Like, and that, that's unfortunate. No, it's that's a reflection of life, I suppose. Everybody has, yeah. everybody has all the things, and there's, you know, there's very few um, graphs that go straight up. They're all plenty of ups and downs. And, ups and downs. Um, and do you think, James? Like, do you think that it was in you? to be that way by nature, um, to sort of be able to bounce back and to have that resilience? Or do you think that rallying sort of molded you into having those abilities or even the sport and career that you had before you started rallying? I think they're all natural to you. When you think back, there's, there's a bit of that in it that was molded into you when you were young enough to maybe take it in without really knowing what you were doing. Yeah. And I think the drive and the passion doesn't matter where it's sport or business or whatever it is like it's not always uh, an upward spiral yeah it's ups and downs and and uh, rally in particular because that it's 
different to most sports. Like if you make a mistake in rallying, you pay a big price. Yes. If you make a mistake in football, you some of the opposition scores, like, but you carry on. Yeah, you can keep going. Chance to get it back in the game, like, but if you make a mistake in rallying, all that effort, all those hours, all everything is gone in, it's just mm -hmm. it's gone. So, uh, and that's the same for every person who's ever got into a rally car, be they a millionaire or be them uh, at the back of the field, like, just go or just going for the fun. All the effort goes into it, and then just like in a blink of an eye, you could be standing like at the side of the edge and the big face on you. So, yeah. <laughs> very, very disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed, and, but they all go again. Exactly. I think it's that thing is built into rally people. You know, most people, most good sports people have it, I suppose. Like, but uh, I think our sport, it's it's more difficult. A hundred and ten percent. To get there is harder. Uh, and to stay there is even harder and just to actually compete yeah. in the sport like you know uh -huh. and, uh, the amount of talent you has doesn't help uh the effort that you put in yeah absolutely like that you know essentially the best driver literally the person that has the best ability in the world and all the money in the world or whatever if they have that but they don't have the motivation or the determination to keep going when it gets tough, then it's not going to make a difference to them. Like if you don't, you can have talent and, and opportunity grand, but if you don't have that grit, you'll probably go nowhere. No, and, for, and the opportunities are not that many. I mean, it's a crazy sport in many ways that way. Like what does, if you make make it ultimate to the very, very top, but is there, is there 10 jobs in the world that you can pay for? Exactly. All, all those thousands of people, Drivers, male, female, everybody who's aspiring to be good. Uh -huh. Like you've only got the very few financially rewarding positions at the end of the end of your uh, the pinnacle of your sport. Mm -hmm. Whereas exactly. if you're any other sports person, uh, if you make the top ten in Ireland, you're probably a very wealthy person. Yeah. Like you have to make the top ten in the world before everybody even wants to uh -huh. top. <laughs> And what, so with all that being said, James, like how did you actually find the motivation or, you know, how did you keep the passion lit to keep going? Because as you say, like you did have some like incredible opportunities that unluckily enough, like never came to fruition or different things happened. And, you know, like second places and stuff like that there, like how do you keep going? when you know that you, you, when you know yourself where you could be and how quick you actually are, but these wee opportunities sort of just slip away from you. How do you keep going? Like, um, I think part of others, you kind of compartmentalize it. Maybe you have your family, you have your friends, which are all very good. And they're the same more or less friends that you've had. They're all rally people. So everybody understands what, what, what we're all doing. We all talk about the same thing. Uh, and it's that, the end of the day, it's that drive or passion, whatever you would call it, to uh, uh, to keep going, uh, yes. to get there, to make the next one better. Uh -huh. You know, that, that's an, every athlete or every sports person that aspires to be better. Mm -hmm. That's an in, inherent in them. So rallying's no different. I think rallying's just, uh, you need more of it. Yeah. Uh, opportunities are less, like, you know, but even to get out, like, and, you know, when you, when you look at what, uh, it takes to go rally nowadays, and just even look at West Cork there, the, and, and you know the effort and 
the, the ambition or, or the passion and, and just to do it. It's, it's great to be part of that. It's, and, you know, it's, um, you've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been good. Uh, but it's obviously, the, you know, there's something in you that drives you on. And keeps you away. What happens in front of you, like you say, okay, let's get it off again. We'll, yeah. You know, used to be with people compared it to like maybe to a drug, and maybe it is. You know, there is that thing sometimes you don't see sense. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, like from what I know of the last couple of years of, you know, different podcasts or different books that I've read or even different types of therapy and stuff, you know, and you kind of realize that even my own my day job like with hypnotherapy and how the brain works like there are there are chemicals that are within our bodies obviously at all times but when it comes to say the likes of rallying or whatever like there's obviously you know spikes of adrenaline and things like that and they're chemicals essentially that (laughs) the body gets used to and in that way it is very much like a drug because you just need more and it's an incredible thing to kind of think about the resilience and the motivation and the determination. And I look at that as purely positive, but I have often thought in, in, in terms of my own self or my own life, like I've often thought like on the other side of that too, like what actually is wrong with us? Like, are we completely mad to be doing this thing that drives us nuts a lot of the time? But we still keep going back because there's just this pure raw love for it. Like, yeah, I got pure raw love for it. And also the, the buzz, like if, if you're a driver or a co-driver to get down a closed road, um, at your maximum, yeah, at pushing yourself to your own limit all the time. That doesn't, uh, it's obviously part of our DNA or makeup or something like that. Like, but we only can fill it by, yeah going down the road by, by rallying or, yeah. or in other words racing like you know so yeah. uh, and it's, it's something that's the that's in you it's like any other sport while you play golf it spend hours and hours and hours practicing and play football or whatever like it's what drives all those athletes to do what they do yeah uh, we're no different from that to point of view uh-huh. or get out as or as rallying or drug as rallying or whatever like mm-hmm. so and when you when you when you think back, James, like, is there any particular era or like time period where you would go back to in a heartbeat, like that it was just the best time or the best period or like the best event of your of your life, like where just that was it? Oh, there's lots of them. Like, and anybody, it's, it's and their um, later years think back. Everything's always better. Always was better in our time. Yeah. You know, you get you get a lot of that in the course it is, but I think you know, it's lucky enough to be about uh I was able to compete along with world champions and future world champions and that's uh, and rallying that's very rare and most sports is very rare. So I think that's uh when it all comes down to it, like uh there's no financial reward for all this. Basically it's something you set out to do. Uh you achieve what you achieve. Uh when it's all over and done, the only thing you have is your own memories. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, that's the, that's the positive side. Like, there's plenty of negative sides to it too. Like, but that's part of it. Like, um, I the man that gets Colin McRae and Brooks and Fisher. All all those uh, things are, are are your good memories. Like, and yeah. 
uh, Colin went on to be probably the most talented, outstanding driver of our era in many ways. And you're able to go head to head with him and, uh, and, and, and that sort of thing. Like, I'm, I'm going to think back on, on the names that you can rhyme off that you actually competed against. Yeah. Uh, they're all the positive sides. They're the, they're the good side of the of on the side, like you know. But yeah, uh, if you had to put that energy into something else, maybe would you be a better person? You'd obviously be better off. But sir, it's it's a balancing act, isn't it? Like you know, and yeah. that's. And in what ways do you think you'd be better off, James? Like that's that's one of the things that I often find very interesting. It's a question that I always kind of like to head for, like. What do you think your life would have looked like if you didn't rally? Ah, uh, well, that's right. You know, nobody can really say that, but I'm sure if it put a lot of the energy and effort that have been into rallying into maybe something else, uh, it would have been different. You know, but how different? You know, uh, you could have come up against other problems. You could still could have failed. All sorts of things could have happened. But yeah. like, uh, it, it definitely was the dominant dominant factor and. My life, uh, yeah. most of it was rounded around it, like even from when I ran the rally. Uh, yeah. Most of my friends uh, are rally based. Yeah. You know, not them all by any manner or means, like, but you know, you, you've kept that nucleus of people down the years that, that are your close friends. And mm -hmm. uh, you've made a lot of friends through your rally, and you've made a lot of very, very, very good people. Yeah. Uh, that you pick up the phone to today, like, and if you needed something, they would be there. You know that that yeah. camaraderie is is very important. Uh, uh -huh. and, uh, so you would have gained all that, but maybe financially you would have been better off putting that energy into a business or into something else. Who knows? Like, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you've mentioned a couple of times, James. You have mentioned um, friendships a couple of times, as I said, throughout the conversation and stuff. So, do you feel like? that's probably your biggest um joy of the sport and they end up like when you're when you're here looking back now that you're thinking to yourself well do you know what if nothing else like i have met some unbelievable people and the you know some of the closest people in my life are all from rally and so for for that alone i am grateful you know does that thought cross your mind uh, absolutely and, and particularly think back on, on some of the people that are not worth us not with us anymore like you know and, um Remember one instance, like myself and Joe went to Rally Finland, and uh, we walked into the Iron uh, Pie Hotel, or you call it not that, but I can't remember the name of it. And first boy I came across was was Colin, like in the big shout over, and like who that? Like you boys under here, like you know, come over and shake hands with us and had the crack and all that sort of thing, like you know, and and um, um, when you think back of it, like that's uh, they're they're great memories, like and. Mm -hmm. Uh, as I say, competing against those guys, the the, the friendships that have made and kept. Yeah. Uh, once the battle, you know, once the rally was over. Yeah. You know, um, you were friends with people who would have been your hero, heroes, yes. uh, in, in the early days, and uh, I think that respect from your peers. Yeah. And from people who have done huge things. Uh, in your sport, in our sport, uh, that's one of the plus sides of it. Yeah, it's interesting actually from that point of view, James, isn't it? That it's probably one of the very few sports where you can actually end up becoming friends with your heroes. Hmm. Because once the thing's over, it's over. Like it's not. Really, 
I will. There's a professional thing, and there's some people you'll never be friends with. Maybe all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's definitely true. All ended. Some end up being very uh, great drivers, co-drivers who have made the pinnacle of the sport. But you, once you go through, we all started the same thing. We all had this yeah. passion and love to go rallying. Yeah. Um, people have just gone different paths. They've gone into running rallies, they've marshalled, they've co-driven, they've driven, they've driven for 20 years, 30 years, 10 years. Life changes, families comes along, we can't do it anymore. You know, but it's, that's yeah. the, the thing inside them all that made them all go is that passion that makes you go or whatever it is to go to go, to go go rallying. And, and everybody makes all the sacrifices they have to. Uh, and the, that they, they're able to uh, to go into that sport and you know one of the things you find from talking to the champions and, and the people who are our heroes in the past and present it's uh, that thing that drove them to the sport and brought them into the sport it's, it's a very common it's kind of like common thread through everybody from the from the Sebastian Loeb's to the O'Shea's to Callum Devine's to John Lyons to ourselves to Vatnans, you know, yeah. they all have very similar stories and uh, very similar stories to tell what got them into it in the first place. Exactly, yeah. And it definitely is one of those sports where it doesn't matter kind of if you're at the back of the field or at the front of the field, like to a certain extent everybody is going through the same thing and everybody knows that everybody's going through the same thing and you mentioned camaraderie and stuff and that is the thing i think that's the thing that, that pulls us all together and, and glues us all together mm -hmm. is that we all have this understanding um of i suppose how mad and how difficult and how exciting the sport can be that very few other people on the planet really understand like and one of the things that always interested me, I suppose, or I would always be curious to know with different people is like, you know, have you ever felt isolated or lonely because of the sport? I know within the sport, it's a very, it's the opposite of lonely because, you know, there is such a beautiful camaraderie and stuff. But, you know, whenever you go back out to your, you know, like your normal life, we'll say your, your day to day where you're speaking to people that don't necessarily understand rallying. Um, there's a lot of people that don't understand it and they're, you know, do you feel or have you ever felt, um, as I say, like a sense of isolation or loneliness within within your passion for it? Uh, I think probably when you're very passionate about something, then uh, you have to be very single minded about it in, in many ways. Uh, that makes it a wee bit different. Uh, lucky enough to have plenty of friends and stuff like that, but as you say, uh, if you're explaining it to people who are not rally people, um, they don't get it. Like you, they definitely think you're screwed loose. Like <laughs> you, know, you do all this, it costs what, and what do you get? Uh, nothing. You know, <laughs> uh, particularly if you're at the top of your fields and they say, okay, they expect you to be uh, well rewarded for your success, uh, as in yeah. other sports, and and uh, we're not so much in the sport. Like we're we're all. Most of Bradley is amateur. Absolutely. Uh, professionals. Uh, back in the day, at least when I started, there was a wee bit of prize money. <laughs> uh, 
that helped a bit. Like, but it's just that thing about you know you you are different. Uh, you're probably seen as different. Uh, most there's some people then see it maybe as not the best thing to be at. There's an addition, you know, that uh, because you're a rally driver, you race on the roads and you do all this sort of thing. Like, and that uh, is not the case. Apart from maybe a very small minority. Uh, you know, there's that perception that makes you a wee bit uh, maybe reluctant to, you know, uh, not reluctant to other, like you stand your corner to and explain your sport and as best you can. But there is that thing where we definitely, I think, are different to most other, you know, sports people of, uh, with the same company. It's it's one of those sports where it, where you know for a fact that you're, you're, you're quite different. And I think... Um, as we've mentioned even a couple of times already in this conversation, like the the camaraderie and the friendships that come out of this sport are absolutely incredible. And when you think of your life and you sort of think back, you just think to yourself like how rallying has shaped you or shaped your life. And my God, it can give you so, so much as well at the same time, can't it? Oh, so there are plenty of highs now, but... Uh... There, there, there are many more lows than there is highs. Like, and even like I've met a lot of great people, people who are friends. But the other side of human nature is there too. In any sport that people are passionate about, their dislike maybe of other people grows. Uh, maybe not just be as above board as you would like them to be. Uh, but that's like you know that's a reflection of life, isn't it? Like so. Yeah. Um, that's exactly it like you said it there that i mean it wouldn't it doesn't probably doesn't really matter what sport you're in or what job you're in or what you do like that is you know nail in the head stuff there james where you say that's just the other side of human nature like i understand as you said plenty of highs and lows and uh, like there's more lows than there is highs like because okay. you put so much into it uh there's so many other factors and rallying that's out of your control mm -hmm. you know, as regards other sports like if you go to run a race uh, unless you're sick or something very unnatural happens, you'll finish where you're capable of finishing. Yeah. But uh, in rallying, you've got so many, like your ability not to make a mistake, uh, to go quick enough, uh, all the mechanical elements that come together, and, and you know, and our sport is so complex that way. Yeah. Um, there's so many variables that can decide who wins an event or how well your event goes. And, uh, sort of thing, but that's you know I think that's that's good for for most people and for I would encourage any young people to get a, you know can get into the sport to do it when you're young. Yeah, when you're young, you get over the problems. You you know you're not you're not really uh, affected too much by them. I think yeah. you learn an awful lot about uh, what's in front of you. Yeah, uh, learn yeah. enough about as we keep saying life and, and human nature and who people are and what they are and. Uh, eventually, if you'll find out who who your real friends are, and, and yeah. like you know, when you get a lot of that, because uh, if you're successful, people want to speak to you. Mm -hmm. uh, if they think you have money, they want to speak to you. When they find out you haven't, you you find that you see many people fade away <laughs> over the years. When they figure out, okay, there's no money in this camp, like, so we need to move on here. <laughs> and uh, you know, then. Uh, so you figure out like uh, who the real people are, and and but the other side of that then is like to be lucky enough uh, to 
to be respected and thought of in a certain way by the people who are your fans and that's um who come and say that to you and say we saw you here or we saw this or we saw that and, and um uh, that's that's probably the, one of the best things you'll when you stop rallying that you'll take out of it you know when you have time to think back and you can't do it anymore yeah the fact that all these people are who you were many many years ago like maybe talk to Vincent Bonner or say hello to Ari Vatanen or talk to Kathleen and come up and you know and now you uh, you know you've experienced that high yeah uh of, of bringing that joy to to other people like it's like going to watch Donny Gall or Van Harris play and somebody scores a goal like we're all you know everybody's together right everybody's together like so we have our fans and they all have their favorites and they all appreciate the sport and and uh and we're lucky, I think we have a very, you know, obviously we have a very knowledgeable fan base, like, and if you're talking to people down the years, um, some great conversations to be had, like, you know, but uh, they're very knowledgeable and, and uh, lovely feedback and great maybe to have been, you know, that's one of the good memories. Yeah. Try and be the good ones because, you know, there are there are plenty of conversations. Okay. So that's, but that's, that's where we are. Like, do you think, James, would it be fair to say that, like, when you're in it, when you're living life um, within the rallying community day to day, not the rallying community, but like your rallying life, um, as in you're competing in the day to day, that there's more lows than there are highs. But whenever you're kind of out of it, whether you're retired or you're just taking a break or whatever, um, that when you look back, you actually probably realize that there was a lot more highs than I was able to kind of acknowledge at the time because it was trying to fix this next problem. I think you have to try and focus to keep yourself going on the highs. Like if you keep focusing on the negatives, you wouldn't go again. No. Just get, like you wouldn't be able to climb that, climb out of the hole because there are plenty of holes in rallying because it's all about money. It takes a lot of money and people make a lot of sacrifices and there are hours to put into it. And uh, the sacrifices they make you know to pay for rally and that's that's a huge part of it and even like even to go and spectate in a rally like it's yeah time you're away from your job you're away from your family you know there's lots of lots of things like that like but uh no i think you try and focus on the and the good memories are always better to remember than the bad yeah. ones absolutely and i'd say james like you've obviously won like all twice and that would have been I can imagine the most unbelievable feeling as a Donegal person. But I'm sure a couple of years ago, whenever um, the team kind of Aidan Caddy and the likes, they all put the car together to get you back out driving again. And, you know, after, I can't remember how long you were off at that stage or, you know, it had been since you'd competed, but I mean, that must have been possibly one of the most humbling things that you've ever experienced because you mentioned a second ago like your fans and kind of remembering you and telling you loads of stuff about yourself but these people just they love you so much that they organized to get you back out one more time so they can see you one more time like that had to be an absolutely incredible experience i uh, and it uh, still is today you know because like uh as i say that's not about money it's not about wealth uh these are about people who enjoy the experience they're your friends they say okay let's do this mm -hmm. for the sake of this for just from a purely sporting 
uh, level. It's, there's no reward for anybody. Nobody's getting anything out of it. And, and it, you know, it takes a lot of work and a, a lot of people to come together to make it happen. Like, and, and uh, probably makes you realize, you know, because when you're in all this, you just see it as yourself, what you're yeah. trying to do. Like, you don't, you don't see a lot of that stuff. And then that kind of maybe reminds you what people have done for you. Yes. What people think of you. And when it all comes down to it, like, that's basically all, that's what you have when it's all over. Yeah. What, what people thought of you and like that was that was a great experience and was great because i was able to go back in and do uh not as well but that was irrelevant to me actually well the fact that i could get on a helmet and go down a stage and drive a car as hard as i was able you know to my ability whatever that would be at the time so that's just pure sport that's pure pure rally and no pressure no nothing, just get out and drive the car and take it all in, everything that's good around our sport. Yes. It's good about a big event like Donegal or Killarney or whatever the case may be, to suck all that in and experience one more time because then it becomes um, more relevant to you, I think, or you're appreciated more because you're not, at the, you're not totally focused on what you should be doing as an athlete or a driver. You're able yeah. to take it all in. You just want to talk to everybody. You don't want it to stop. And yeah. we got a wee glimpse again then with the Legends thing last year with Donna. Yeah. With those two stages, like to be part of all that, that was, uh, you know, you really appreciate it when you can't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's it. Like, to be fair, that whole, that whole Rally Legends thing, that was pure magic. Even to see all of you in the one room again was absolutely incredible it was pure magic for all us old guys like you know because we're all done and dusted for there's a new generation um to meet the people who were your heroes who were your competitors and we go back to the, the same thing again we all are the same underneath yeah you know we're all in our 60s or some of us in our 80s <laughs> on that event, but we're we're all talking the same yeah we've been 40 years ago yeah you know the talk was the same and we're all rally drivers co-drivers whatever uh and we just want to be there and we just want to get out get the helmet on and let's do this like and it's it's yeah. a fabulous feeling that not everybody gets i know and, <laughs> it is like i'm actually going to ask you can you describe that feeling like sitting into the car like what is it what is it about it like that just it feels like home uh i suppose it's like somebody that's been off the cigarettes for 20 years and you get another one <laughs> <laughs> or or something like that no it's just brings back all the all the things that drove you on in the first place yeah. and all, all the good side of it because there's no pressure uh-huh you know it's only it's only the good side of rally yes um and is what, it the smells I mean, or the sounds or the, 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 the it's everything about it it is you know the, the buzz you get out of uh driving a car that's a good car to its potential or to your potential on a closed road uh, yes. it's very hard to explain to anyone who is not a rally driver because they uh equate driving to what they do on the road mm -hmm. you know you've seen it i've seen it a few times with people who have been guests uh, a sudden in on a couple of charity events and you know that sort of thing or on a test 
uh, and they're they're blown away by it all because they can't get it and you can't get it because you can't explain no matter how good a road car you have and particularly nowadays what can you do with it like, yeah exactly you know you're curtailed in, in, in so many ways by the, by where the roads have gone the amount of people you know you can't do that anymore yeah uh, so that's a new and that need for speed or the buzz you get out of being together with a machine yeah the yeah. machine you are in control it becomes part of you yeah uh, that feeling is only something who it's only some pe people who have done it can really relate to it mm -hmm. it's very hard to relate that to driving no matter if you yeah. know the, the dual carriageway whatever that's so that's, all the that's, rest nothing compared to getting in, in that environment with the helmets on uh and you're in a rally car it doesn't matter if it's a honda Civic and a skona or a r5 car or whatever like yeah. this but that's the on the head, James. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it is the fact that it's it's a it is a road, but it's a it's the safety of the road being closed is actually the thing behind it all. It doesn't because I was actually chatting to somebody about this at the weekend. There's like there's zero thrill driving fast on a road where a dog could walk out in front of you or a car could pull out in front of you. It's when you're on a back road that is closed and you know there's nothing coming and you can get down as in the safest environment possible as you say as quick as you possibly can like that is there's no feeling like it but it is such a hard experience to explain to somebody else because it doesn't exist unless you rally i think you've got it there it doesn't exist unless you rally and no matter how much you kid yourself or how much a head case you think you are like you, you're only it's only going to end in tears because it's exactly. not acceptable to exactly. drive on the road uh roads are too busy lots of reasons for it like but uh you can't it's very hard to explain to someone unless you're in the car uh, and you're in that environment and then to be there in the first place you obviously get it it's part of your makeup uh you appreciate the feel the sound the smell and to be able to push the limit that you cannot do anywhere else and a rally a bit different even to go to a, a track day or something like that when you're on the track it's the same thing so you get better at it and you know there's still a still a great buzz out of it but whatever's about a stage doesn't matter where it's gravel snow like there's just a different experience like that thing about man and machine against the elements or whatever you would call it or against nature or against yourself yeah you know and it's, it's part of that is exploring your own limits mm -hmm. uh you know you, you know how you can test yourself like apart from the buzz you get out of it that all all those complications and things all coming around it like literally push yourself in that environment when it's only you you're the person with the pedals and the wheel no one else can influence it it's up it's up to yourself and yeah. yourself only like an you know obviously co-driver from notes and all that sort of thing make a difference but from the sheer pleasure of doing it uh there's no other sport that you can that you can do it and then you can get that buzz out of it. and whatever's about us we're all obviously psychologists could tell you better what <laughs> in your brain that make you do these things like from uh survival and hunting and the hunter gatherer and all that sort of stuff like you know but there's something inherent in a person to make them uh, i mean i i just think they're happy i would love a, i would love a pile of rally drivers to be put in a room with um psychologists or brain experts <laughs> actually be able to pinpoint what it is like 
some kind of other and all that sort of thing, but it probably goes deeper than that beyond our meager understanding of psychology in a way that, that, that we just do it because we like it. <laughs> we just love it and that's the long and the short of it. And on that, James, what's your favourite car? The favourite car that you've, you know, that you'll just dream with for the rest of your life? I've had that many. Uh, I think you never get over your very first one because uh -huh. it's so new and so novel, but uh, you go around around the houses, there's probably two. Uh, one's the one that myself and your dad done a lot of events on, I think we won seven rallies and it was the BDA. There's just was, there still is nothing. You hear an historic one now, and a different day, even a Mark II. Oh, yeah. It's just a different uh, sound of them. Like there's, they're singing, whatever. Uh, they were everything that a rally car was supposed to be. Yeah. They had it all, like that uh, agility, the sound of the engine, uh, the lock they had on the steering wheel, so you could, how sideways you could go without making a fool of yourself, all those things came together and you know that and I think in the 555 car was a bit like that, the Subaru Impreza uh, was a bit like a, a Mark II Escort, you could done anything you wanted with it, you could drive like a Mark II that did everything it said in the tin, stopped, went, it was nice driving position and all that but I suppose no matter how, like uh, I think the modern day Rally two cars or five cars, or they call them, are are good. I know it must be awesome to drive a rally one car nowadays with three hundred and sixty brake and all that sort of thing, like you know. But yeah. going back, I think the BDA of the era, the proper two liter BDX is mine most of the time. Like the, the that was just uh, that was the iconic car, wasn't it? Like a, yeah. A, 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 a friend of mine who just been in the garage and John Boyles and Manor, like, like you know, that shows you the, the, the boyish enthusiasm that we had. Uh, there's a guy called James Dover used to say, come on out, he says, and we'll wake in the BDA. He says, like, so we'll start her up at night at 8 o'clock at night in Manor. You know, just to hear. Just to hear. Happened about rallying and boys, and then we'd have to, have to fire the car up just to hear it. Yeah. You know, Boys, enthusiasm, whatever you had for it, like you, you know, and uh, that's, that's when you know it's true. That's, that's the pure enthusiasm, yeah, that there is. You'll just you'll start it up just to hear it, just to hear it sing without even moving it out of the garage. Never, never went out of the garage, but just to just to fire it up like that, uh, you know. So you know, that's that probably would make what makes us, and that's what. Uh -huh. Why we are what we are, I suppose, in many ways, and I think that's probably true to. Uh, I have to admit it to, to most people that's in the sport, like you know, they're they're, there's just that boyish enthusiasm that comes out no matter what age you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's your favourite stage, James? The one you can drive over and over again. Uh, it's it's hard to say. There, there's like there, there's so many and so many different reasons, like you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're talking to Donegal, I suppose I think it's hard to get better than Fanet. Yeah. I personally, love Nogala, love the, the commitment and the speed of it. Like, and then the Atlantic Drive was so technical. There, you know, Donegal has so much to offer that way. And then, but you've got the gap. You've got Ardgroom and Cod's Head. Like, 
there's so many that they went up over the the reservoir and they demand you know yeah into the forest them and the, you know there's just uh you know there's so many yeah no but being donegal we'll have to vote for donegal one <laughs> we wouldn't be half biased would we James? not at all no very <laughs> wise it won't too much <laughs> and i'll ask this that's so good at the rally which is the only good thing <laughs> i might know the answer to this question though what's your favorite event uh that you've competed in uh it's a difficult one actually because there, there are so many events that give you different things yes uh you know uh i love the manx mm -hmm. the fact that you can compete at that level everybody was equal you could wreck it all you wanted you got the the best drivers in the world came there in the day the circuit of Ireland was a huge challenge loved the stages in killarney but like being from donegal to go and watch donegal you know go out to watch a rally on a bicycle and then they go out and, and do it as a co-driver i've done it four or five times as a co-driver i think so yeah uh, I've been COC twice and I've done it you know, many times. Uh, so there is only one place. And you've won it twice. James, what was that feeling like to win the Donegal? As you say, that young fella out Trenta in the bike to actually win in that rally. Um, I suppose they're the, they're the stuff that dreams are made of. You know, when you think back at the time, you know, it was a struggle to get there, I think, and maybe the relief. Uh, because we should have won it a couple of times before that and we didn't yeah. then you start to think okay this is never you know we're not just going to you know there'll always be something uh that takes it away from me um and to finally do it was great like and, and you know um ah there's some buzz on it like it's just, it's just a different feeling altogether to be brought up here and then all the people as you say going back to that um 2016 thing where people came together to make it happen like most of our stuff came from Donegal. Mm -hmm. It was a Donegal effort in many ways. You know, we had help from maybe Ford or Shell UK or you know bits and pieces like that. But generally speaking it was a it was a Donegal effort for a Donegal man. I want to put it that way, you know, but you know yes, we had our English counterpart there all the same you know, but uh became a, she became a honorary Donegal person. She became she truly became an honorary Donegalian. That, whole thing and the joy on people's faces coming over that ramp like all the boys tony frank and the whole team standing yeah. up all the red polish shirts like yeah uh, you don't forget that no you definitely yeah. won't ever forget that like you know that and uh i suppose maybe it's just like uh we're after all we've done after all we've talked about we've actually done it we're yeah. here for everybody because everybody done this for a few years we had our hopes we had our expectations before the event yeah. uh we were disappointed many times and then it comes to the time that they're not you're the you're the top of the pile yeah that's the on top of the world or whatever it was wasn't it? exactly like but i mean what struck me there is that is one of the first things you went to was you know the sense of relief and i feel like it's all tied together whenever you talk about like the biggest joy coming over that ramp and it's there's the likes of dad and frank and all the red polo shirts everywhere and family and friends and they're just everybody is there but they're you know the relief must have been coming from a place of pressure where as you say you were so close to it but you finally 
did it. And not only did you do it for yourself and that wee boy on the bike out in Trenton, but you did it for all of these people that are standing cheering on the side of the ramp. Like. I, and that's, uh, you know, it's a great thing to have as a sports person uh, yeah. to fulfill your obligations or, or your expectations. Um, and like, we'd all been through it. Yeah. We'd done it for a number of years. Uh, there's always been, always been something. We all end up second or third, but we actually didn't get our hands on the trophy. And those people kept back, kept coming back year after year. And we're, you know, we're, we're a close knit community. We're still a town. Most yeah. of the that are Kenny guys, like, and, and, um, and we're all rally people. Yeah. And the Donegal rally was, that's our, our Ireland. It doesn't, yeah. we'll see past that. That's, that's it for us, like, so, and then we actually did it exactly you know for some reason like it's obviously not something i think of that often but um for some reason now when i am sitting here thinking about it and thinking about the likes of dad or J you know obviously james going over the ramp and ellen and um you know frank and 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 everybody like i am genuinely getting a wee bit choked up thinking about it because what you're talking about there when you say they keep coming back like it was such a team effort like mm. it was genuinely such like you lived and breathed it for years as a team until it was conquered and it was the same people like the two brothers george and joe and paul canning all, all, all the guys who did that were involved in the years like you know going back to when we didn't have stickers from we had a john baird <laughs> She hadn't been a year right before the rally. You know, it was that same group of people, Vince Whelan, Frank, Tony, uh, who were all there. Uh, and we all loved that, I suppose, that dream that someday we were we were going to be the, the Verdi Fisher or the David Llewellyn or the Ari Vatnan. Or, you know, I mean, you think on the names of the people who have won this event. Yeah. And he was this, and we had. We tried, we nearly got there a couple of times, but we actually didn't. And then actually to get over the line, it almost justified all that we'd been doing. Yeah. Maybe to a point like, you know, just down with Frank and Tony and say, okay, like we were involved at that nice level, at that high level, uh, but we we're fed up in second, if you know what I mean. We actually, uh, we were able to be the winners. Mm -hmm. We're able to be the top of our chosen sport that we have put, you know, we've put our money and time into. And it's not just, it wasn't just the money. The money was obviously very important, but it was that, that back and it comes from a local group of people, that community thing or whatever we had as well, like through all the people involved in the team, like even going back, you think on the, the effort, the year we tossed the thing before the rally, like, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, the boys worked around the club for two nights. We talked about scrutiny with the garlic, so you know the, all those, uh, all those things, all those moments, all built up to a thing. We eventually said, "Okay, we're here. We've done it." Amazing stuff! Absolutely incredible. And with all that being said, James, do you have a motto that you live by, or something that you kind of say to yourself, kind of all day, every day, or every now and then, when you need it to kind of pull you through? all of those moments, the good, the bad, the ugly? Uh, no, I don't think I'm that deep. I'm just about... Uh, <laughs> you just blow on. Just keep winging it every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
get all, just get hoping you get up the next morning and you can keep going like and all the wee hobbies now and things that I enjoy and uh, as long as I can keep doing them and, and uh, as the old cliche I suppose in many ways as you get older and the things start to wear out you just uh, your health and all all them wee things like and, 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 yeah. your, and your family and all that are they're the really important things I suppose when it all comes down to it like, and, uh, your job now is just to try to be well and see you out as long as you can just like you know and, and but you know uh you would like to be in a position to give something back uh -huh. well, we have come through it we have got a lot of expertise uh we have learned an awful lot um maybe we don't have the structures where we are allowed or have the pathways to pass on our experiences to uh to the people coming uh behind us Mm -hmm. You know, and in my time, we didn't really, you know, I had to basically, we didn't have coaches, we didn't have mentors, we didn't have no, you know, there wasn't that many people you could ask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you had to find out and make all the mistakes yourself in, in, in many ways. And uh, I think as you get on, you still have a passion for it. And, uh, you know, what, what we're looking for now maybe is a way to... Uh, pass that on to the next generation yeah uh, i know i have some bits and pieces like that which is great and it's great for me right. you know done a lot of gravel notes and i've done that for 20 years around the world and yeah. you learn an awful lot from other events that you can pass on this event mm -hmm. you know because we're you know we don't know everything exactly rallies run good rallies different countries run things different ways why can you, you know can we not pick bits from here and there yes different places and uh add them to our event to make it better you know yeah. we see it now in the structure of this through rallying uh from the academies and all that where, where, yeah. where they're bringing on the elite drivers like you know but we have to find a way to make our sport movie more accessible we're facing lots of um problems in the future so we really need to be thinking about and mm -hmm. uh that can only come from the people who've been there done that they have the experience and the youth and enthusiasm and commitment for the next generation is how we how we can find a way to fuse that together rather than be against one another maybe to be more to be more for the sport because the sport is now will face many many issues in, in, in years and uh, we still both of us are the same we all feel very passionate about our sport we wanted to survive we wanted to grow yeah, exactly. Uh, while rally shoots us, we wanted to see it being one of the biggest events that there can can possibly be. Yeah. You know, but that's that's that. I think that's when you talk to people, and for me, I still would be uh, get well wound up about it, and and be very passionate about where it's going, where I think it should go, and you know, uh, yeah. and that's good for me, I suppose, in many ways, because I still have that, even though I've nothing to do with rallying as such anymore. Yeah retired blah blah you know you're not a driver anymore but, but uh, is that your passion still there you see isn't it it never goes away tidy, yeah that says well, you know um and hopefully that'll help <laughs> keep us sticking over that's it you just have to keep her lit james that's kind of all you can keep that's probably your motto um james this has been this has been absolutely uh phenomenal this has been one of the most interesting conversations of my life probably um and you say that to everybody 20 now you're getting too good at this interview no, no <laughs> honestly god like um 
I'm trying my best not to come across biased on, on this particular episode now, but like this for, for my own selfish reasons, like to hear to hear you speak like that, um, you know, was just such a privilege. Like, and it's it's so it's just so brilliant to be able to hear, um, you know, your story and your sort of um, just your opinions on on rallying and on life. Like, it's it's it, as I say, it's a true privilege. Like, so thank you so much for being here with us today and for actually taking the time to speak honestly to us. No, it's a pleasure as always, and sure it's nice when somebody because I want to speak to you. Oh, sure, look. It's great. It's great to be speaking about rallying at the end of the day, isn't it? I should have talked about it, but that's, you know, that never changes from when you're 15 to whatever. Exactly. That'll never change, James. Never Thank change. you so much. Thank you. The Irish Rally Podcast is brought to you in association with Tech and Tools, SVS Productions, PFT Travel, Rally Connection, and Murray Motorsport.